0: Ciao, I and welcome to another edition of City I' Sit Down World Football Index's podcast of Show Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing tonight? We're doing amazing. I, I I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to put him up there. I had to put. Very good. Very good. Uh, you know. Very I mean. And then I got I got the Abrahamovich jersey. So I've got I've got Gods of Sport is my theme <laughs> tonight. Yeah. Man. Very good. Right. Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo Decumpo will remain in Milwaukee Buck. Good. That's uh that is brilliant. Sorry, Critty. Sorry, Alex, you can't have him. I mean, I'm happy with getting Westbrook, but I mean that's even better for you guys as yep. you have to keep him long term. So yep. Sorry, uh sorry, LA. <laughs> 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 awesome. Sorry, LeBron. LeBron, if you want to ever play with Giannis, you're gonna have to come to Milwaukee now. So
1: there you go. There you go.
0: Uh yeah, it's awesome. So uh, uh Other than that, you know, just uh,
1: winding down the days until Christmas. How about you? Yeah, we're inside, what, 10 days now. We're 10 days away. It's uh, coming up quick and fast. Usually at this point we're getting close to our break, but we're not going to have really a break this year with the whole COVID thing going on. But it's all right. It's uh, a lot of Calcio, a lot of good Calcio, actually. Uh, Teams that are surprising. A lot of people who are not too familiar with the league, like uh, Hellas Verona. Uh, but you know, for all, all of us who watch this week in and week out, we know what kind of teams there are in this league, and uh, man, they are coming up big each and each and every week. If you
0: are uh, watching us, please uh, subscribe. Drop a like if you have not subscribed before. Before, uh, drop a like. Uh, check in on the chat. Tell us what you're drinking. Um, we try to uh, have this a little bit sociable tonight. Uh, for me, it is the Lakefront IPA. I've oh, yeah. um, I've had. I've
1: had I've, I know that beer.
0: Continuing to support this is
1: it Lakefront Brewery, get out by you? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a special store that has uh ones like Lakefront. I've gotten Lakefront before. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, yeah, is... I'm going more like Lake Water with uh, actual H2O tonight. Sweet, uh, but, you know, it's all right. Yeah. Sweet. Maybe I'll have a beer. i will gonna drink by the end of the night. So,
0: L- lie to everyone, just say it's a neat vodka.
1: There you go, there you go, <laughs> so. there you go.
0: Oh my. So uh, I guess the best place to begin this week is there's a lot to talk about. So uh, we will get into this uh, Papu Gomez uh, drama at Atalanta. We will uh, talk a little bit about what happened today. Obviously some big games going on tomorrow as there's midweek action in Serie A. Um, I believe for the first time this season, um, yeah. we will uh, break down everything that happened on the weekend. Uh, lots of goals over the weekend. Lots of lots of oopsies. We could have had a top five of of of, uh, of oopsies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some pretty bad mistakes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Matzler probably today. right
1: in front of that too.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, of course, we top it off with um, uh, the uh, uh, the hashtag game that is growing ever so in popularity who won calcio twitter we have a number of nominees again as we always do uh so uh sit back enjoy it have a cold one um unless you're driving and listening to this as a podcast i would not advise that so good point point. (laughs) but before we get into all of that uh on monday um the uh draws for the uefa champions league uh and the europa league um took place and uh we want to talk as it concerns um the uh Serie A teams that are involved um this is the part where inter fans are going to fast forward <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but uh we uh look at the champions league draw we begin with lazio uh having the unenviable task of drawing Bayern munich
1: yeah, that's a little difficult one there. And I know I saw a couple of tweets out there, and I, uh, particularly Jerry, uh, we love Jerry, but you know he had a very, he's very optimistic, saying, "Yeah, oh, we played some good teams, you know, so far." I'm like, "You have played good teams. You've not played the best team yet, and this is the best team by far when they're on." Now they've been they've been faltering as of late, and, and anything can happen. We've really? all seen Rocky Four; uh, anything can happen. But uh, you're facing the juggernaut, a true juggernaut of Champions yeah. League. Uh, so yeah, if they're lot to pull this off another fantastic win by Simone Insagi would be but uh it's a difficult difficult task.
0: I mean this would be an all-timer of a of a master stroke yes. for Simone Insagi if he absolutely. pulls this off. I just absolutely can't see it happening. Um I think that you know they may get some kind of a score draw at home uh you know against against Bayern but I think when this goes to the alliance uh you know Bayern are going to have their way. Yeah. Um I I I don't necessarily see a way around it. And Lazio fans can be eternal optimists and and that sort of thing. I think if you're looking at it, you need to look at it as, that okay, we get the chance over the course of 180 80 minutes uh, to measure ourselves against the best team in Europe yep, uh, and the best team in the world. And, and where are we at and what do we need to do uh, in order to try to have any chance of closing that gap going forward? Now you look at their league standing in the table right now, Lazio, of course, and uh, it does not look for pretty reading. It does not look like a uh, building a campaign to get back into this Champions League next season. So if they're going to make their mark, this is going to be their time yeah. where they're going to have to do it. Um, they, they were opportunistic in being able to get a draw at Borussia Dortmund, although I think they got to take advantage of not having to deal with Erling Holland in that game. Um, they obviously had a lot of adversity with COVID that um, gave them some very indifferent lineups than they would prefer to play, uh, getting points at Bruges and at Zenit uh, that could probably battle test them for an environment like this. But these aren't. this isn't Bruges, this isn't Zenit, and this isn't even Borussia Dortmund. Um, and I get that Bayern have had some issues here over the last several weeks. A lot of it is injury related. Um, and we also have to remember that two months is a long way away. Uh, when we think about all of these games. Anything can happen. Yes. Um and uh, you know, and and to think that, you know, Bayern may have everybody back. I don't know how long term Kimmich's injury is, but Davies just started playing again. Um, you know, they've got Lewandowski who they haven't really been featuring in the Champions League games once they clinched everything. You know, Koman has been in really good form to begin the season. There's this little matter of Serge Gnabry that has been indifferent so far this season, but the list
1: goes on and on and on. <laughs> he's
0: he's a he's a four-goal performance waiting to happen. I mean, it's just there's quality all over the place. Now, yeah. if you have a prayer as Lazio, the one thing is for me, and this is my opinion, um, the high line that Byron plays. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna catch him with with immobile's pace, it isn't going to break that, but yeah. You get into some up back and through stuff where you can spring guys like Lazati, you you give yourself a chance because Davies is gonna bomb forward.
1: And and he can catch most people back too. So you gotta be smart with when you do this stuff. Yeah, I agree. Right.
0: And I mean I we're really, really digging for things to figure out how Lazio can do this or how Lazio can at least be competitive in this. But you know, there's some combination stuff that they could probably do in counterattacking situations. If they can spring the wing backs. those are going to be spaces that they can exploit. Because, like I said, Davies and then Pavard on the right side, those are guys that like to get forward and like to get forward a ton. Um, you know, if the the the, the partner to Immobile can curl away and get into those spaces, or Immobile himself, too, you know, those are going to be your best chances to create things. You know, I'm expecting Bayern to monopolize possession over both games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think Lazio are going to have to live and die by countering and catching them in the spaces that they're going to leave. And 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 Bayern will leave you some space to play.
1: Yeah, I think uh, what Lazio for sure, first and foremost, must do is be clinical when they get their opportunities. They need to finish them because uh, Bayern will do that uh, there. But Bayern, you know, we, we've seen teams in City Isle where where um, or even in, even in you know some of the Champions League games that Lazio has played where. Uh, they had someone on the ropes and they don't put them away. Byron is one of the few teams that puts people away. They will yep. put eight goals up on you without a heartbeat. Yep. Uh, so you need to be clinical when you get your chances. You need to find a way. And we talked about in the Dortmund game how Dortmund should have exposed them on the wide, and they didn't. They kept it central. Byron will bring it wide. you got to find a way to, to combat the pace of Davies, uh, Gnabry, Coman, um, whoever else they got wide. And also you got to find a way to lock down Joshua Kimmich because he is a he's a wonderful tactician himself on the pitch and he can spread the ball around. And then obviously you got the headache of Lewandowski because I'm sure he'll play. Um, it's going to be difficult defensively, so you're going to find a way to stop the wide play, I think, and make sure you're clinical. And that'll be the best chance, I think, for Lazio to to get something out of this, uh, if not one, if not two legs. Uh, but they have to be spot on and hope Byron is just a bit off. Yep. And I, I'm interested
0: in what Lazio is going to do in midfield, um, you know, because they, they go Lucas, Sergey. Luis Alberto, there might be half a temptation to have Lucas with Parolo and then allowing Luis Alberto to play and have a little bit of freedom. Yeah, certainly he's going to have to get back into the midfield and help out. But if you can clog things, I just, I feel like Parolo would be better suited for a role like that than Sergey. Sergey's is a guy that can play box to box and mm-hmm. I'm not doubting his talent. I'm not doubting his, you know, I'm, you know, I would find Parolo to maybe be a little bit more competitive. That's the one thing that I was thinking about when I looked at this matchup. Does does Insage wrestle with that, or does he just say, "Hey, these are this is my best possible team. This is the way, and we're going to play this way, and we're going to see if we can take advantage of some stuff." That's probably the only tweak I could see yeah. uh, to what Simone would do with this lineup. I think
1: the biggest weakness for Byron is the, Byron is their, their central defense. They're very slow-footed. So I mean, if you can find them on a the counter, perfect time, like you were talking about, that'd be the best way to do it. Um, would you flirt with the idea of having uh, Immobile, Korea, and Caicedo up top? Try to put all your eggs in one basket to try to get a goal. Mm-mm. No, no. just a question. Yeah, interesting. Um, I just think it gets. You, who do you got after that? Right. I mean, if someone right. gets down. Right. Across, who, you know, who do you
0: who do you take out of that midfield, and you just leave yourself exposed? I would rather. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather give room for Correa to be able to curl runs and get away from, you know, to peel away or or for Immobile to peel away with one guy checking back and trying to do things like that, yeah. you know, than trying to have three guys there where they they could possibly just be duplicating things. Um, I, 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 I think they stick with a two-man front, um, and then it's just, you know, what do they do with that midfield? Because I think that it's not unreasonable to look at a Parolo-Lucas- um, Kind of a double pivot, but not really, because Luis Alberto is still going to be asked to track back. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, you know that maybe makes Sergey the odd man out. It'll be interesting to see what Simone and does. I actually, it's a theory, uh, but I really think that he'll go with Sergey Lucas Alberto. I think he's going to dance with he's going to dance with the midfield that got him there. So
1: it has to be a defensive uh, effort, a full team defensive effort. If they, yep. they're going to have a chance in this, for sure. Yep, for sure.
0: Uh, Porto and Juventus um we've seen this before uh, a few years ago um, yeah. bit, but um that ended in Juventus's favor obviously uh, a bit of a reunion of sorts for Danilo and Alexandro, former Porto men yeah um and uh the thing that it, the thing that I noticed about Porto here here's who they are they 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 find these they find these young players they find them whether they're Portuguese or whether they're Brazilian they're Mexican and and they and they train them, they develop them, and then they make a metric butt ton of money off of them. Um, you know, so and we've got a new crop of guys. I mean, Alex Tellez is not playing left back anymore. He's doing that at Manchester United now. Um, but this um Luis Diaz uh impressed me in the group stages. He scored a nice goal against Manchester City. He's a guy that they're gonna have to make sure they are uh they're they're wary of. Musa Morega up front. Um it hasn't been a good Champions League yet for him. I think that he's yeah. a guy that they could probably be able to deal with. I think Diaz is a bigger threat. Otavio coming through the midfield is a guy that you probably want to be careful of. Um, and then uh, the guy who has taken over for Alex Tell- Tellez-Zanussi uh, is a decent-looking decent, decent looking player. You know, doesn't play with Alex Tellez's quality, not by a long shot, but effective. Um, it's a Porto team that's defended well. Marcheson has made some really nice saves for them throughout this group stage. Uh, I think that uh, Juve is going to win this over the course of two legs, but it's not going to be by as big a margin as maybe the ardent Juve supporters believe.
1: No, uh, if it's a team that showed up against Barcelona, I mean, it will be, but we can't hold it we, until we see it consistently. We're not going to, we can't bank, bank on that. So uh, you got to imagine it's going to be closer than, than they want. Um, Juve has a talent to overcome this and win this. Obviously, you have the likes of Ronaldo anytime in a big game like this, he's going to stand up and, and take notice. Um and you know, I expect them to do better. I expect the lick to have some big performances as well. Um, mm. you know, I the team is starting to come around a little bit more. Uh that midfield is getting some more grint in them, they're they're getting more more games under them, so they're they're playing a little bit better. Um it will I think you Juve, Juve should win this, but it, they should not, you know, take Porto for granted. As many teams as Porto as Juve have seen themselves in the past, Porto can be dangerous, they can get you on their day. So you have to be smart about it. It's gonna be t- two close games. Juve should win, probably win both. Uh, but it's going to be a cl- lot closer than the Juventini want, uh, for sure. Uh, unless they found some miracle against that Barcelona the game, they're going to continue that form going forward, which would be good for for them. Um, I don't see it just yet, so it'll be it'll be close. But yeah, for Juve.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I I got Juve going through. I got Lazio going out to Bayern Munich. I've got Juve going through against Porto. Atalanta and Real Madrid um, rounds out the uh, Serie A teams in this. Um, and. If these guys were playing in the middle of the group stage, I, I'd give Atalanta ch- a, a big-time chance. Now, we, again, I'm going to go back to what I said at the very beginning of this. Two months is an awful long time. There's a lot that can happen. There's a transfer window right in the middle of it, um, so things can change. And trad- Traditionally, these Champions League teams don't really do a whole lot of reinforcing in January. You usually see relegation teams scrambling to patch it together to hope that they put a strong enough squad to survive Is Traditionally, what you see, you'll usually see a big splash here and there, um, but not something that, you know, not something I expect now, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about this Papu Gomez situation here shortly, but just, you know, rumors are abounding and, you know, people are talking about Papu Gomez could leave in January and Atalanta could be going in without Papu Gomez and does Gasparini start doing games where they prepare for life without him and start playing more Malinovsky, start playing more Miranchuk, start playing more Pasalic. um, you know, in preparation with the idea that he's going to play a Real Madrid team that I think is getting better, um, getting everybody healthy, and are going to go on a run to win La Liga. Um, and uh, I think that the, the struggles are going to be far behind them by the time Uh, We get to we get to February, and you know this isn't like playing a Valencia team that you knew that Atalanta could be licking their chops to play against. This is a Real Madrid team that has pedigree; they have world class talent at every position. Um, And I would love to see the fairy tale with Atalanta continue, but I just think this Real Madrid team under Zinedine Zidane is just going to keep getting better. And I just I think we're going to be left after the round of sixteen with only Juve left in the competition.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a tough one for Atalanta, no no doubt about that. Um, if this was Atalanta of last season, I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Atalanta because they they were juggernauts last year. This year they've been very inconsistent and they haven't proven yet they can stop uh, goals from coming in consistently. And this is a team that knows in Real Madrid that know how to score. I mean, look at Benzema just had a brace in this last game, a big game that they needed. Um, it's gonna be difficult for Atalanta, and obviously they have the whole Papa situation. It's gonna be next man up for them. Uh, they got uh, boatloads of talent, you know, Melanovsky, Maranchuk. I mean, so many other guys that they got. You guys have already been there. Duvon Zapata as well. Um, so I, I think it's going to be – they're going to probably go toe-to-toe with Real Madrid. Um, we'll, we'll know a lot about Atalanta after the first game. Um, if they come out blazing and it's a shootout, okay, we got, we got a good chance that they can go through. But if they get completely dominated in that game, you know, it's not the same Atalanta as we saw last season. Uh, and it'll probably be a quick death for them. I'm with you. I'm kind of leaning towards it being an exit for them, just because they've been so inconsistent. It's it's hard, like Inter. It's hard to put put a finger on them, saying, "Yeah, you know, I got to beat on them." Like you don't know what to expect with them. Uh, Even with the Papa situation, it's it's still the team is not the same offensively or defensively. And with because of that, I think you know you got to tip your head just slightly to Real Madrid at this point. Yeah, yeah. And you got Zidane. You got the whole allure of Real Madrid. I mean, that's the one thing Atalanta have to try
0: to avoid playing the mystique of real madrid
1: and that's what's worked for milan and and real madrid through the years is because they've had that mystique and when you play them even if you're level you sort of like oh my gosh this is a team that's won all these champions league i can't compete with them you know when you get to close games all of a sudden that, that compounds on you and this is what we might have in this situation with real madrid and their you know 13 12 whatever titles it is yeah yeah so um
0: All in all, we're going to get a chance to see some of our city A teams get tested against some traditional European powers, which is great. Uh, But I think in the end of the day, when this is all said and done, we're only going to have one team left in the quarterfinals. Uh, Michael, good to see you, man. Glad you could join us. Yes, sir. Uh, Europa League. Let's uh, jump through this one quickly. Um, uh, Milan, uh, renew acquaintances with Servena Zvezda, Darby Della Savicevic. Red Star Belgrade. Yep. Um, and we have, uh, Braga against Roma
1: difficult game
0: and Granada against Napoli. Um, serena's Zvezda, uh, if these places had full capacity crowds, I'd be very worried about that away game. Uh, cause that is such an intimidating, yeah. uh, atmosphere there. But, uh, It's it's not as intimidating when they only have a fraction of the crowd there, so I don't think that you know. I think that's going to be neutralized a little bit. I think that going there, Milan will be, but it's a Milan under Pioli that plays to win games. They don't play to you know. They
1: play better on the road than they do at home. Surprisingly, so um, that's another thing they got going for them. Yeah, no, Servena Vida is going to be a it's going to be difficult and similar to some of the games we saw in the group stages um but i think milan have too much quality to 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 not you know be stuck in stuck by them i think they're going to find ways in those games there's probably you know maybe one two goal victories in those games but um i for sure see milan going through you know like i said if there was a crowds were involved might be a different story here but i think uh, because of the situation everything's going on right now milan just the quality the youngsters really coming through at this moment you know zlatan should be healthy at that point as far as we know we never know it's, it's it's a long way away uh, but uh, you gotta like Milan's chances moving on.
0: I'm trying to remember. Is Marco Marco Martin, I think is still. I thought he was the last there. time I
1: remember, but I can't. I can't recall off the top of my head.
0: Playmaker, uh, really good on the set pieces. Um, I'm trying to see if I'm looking at here if I've got a if I've got a squad list in front of me. Uh, so the question is: Are we
1: gonna call him Servin Servin or are we gonna call him Red Star Belgrade?
0: No, he's not in the. Uh, he's not in the team. Okay. So he's he's not with them. Uh, your boy uh, Diego Falcinelli, is in is on Serena's yeah. best. He's yeah, on he's old, doing Bologna. Decent. He's doing decent there. He's doing yeah. decent so. There. So we've got there. Milan Pavkov has a, has been a, has been there for a while as a striker for them. I, that name I do remember. Um, yeah, so
1: speedy, really skillful wingers on that team. They do. Uh, they can cause trouble if you're not if you're not ready for them. But I believe Milan has enough quality. A lot of uh, strong strong midfielders there with Kessier and Benacer and Tonali. Um, they, they should be good to handle that. Pavkov is an aerial target yeah. in the penalty area. He's a classic
0: nine. He's not going to outpace anybody yeah. uh, or anybody like that. He's not, but you know, he's not going to remind anyone of Lukaku anytime soon. But he's a guy that you better know where he is in the box when the ball is wide. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, so that's something that they'll definitely have to uh, consider there. Uh, I am worried for Roma. Uh, this is a damn good Braga team, yeah. um, and uh, they are. They are loaded with talent. They play a very attractive attacking game. I watched their game against Leicester City in the Europa League. Um, and uh, w- Wenderson Galeno, incredibly talented playmaker, um, right now leading their team in the league in assists. They've got goal scorers in Paulinho and Ricardo Horta, uh, young, talented players. Uh technique everywhere you look. Um, and they love to attack. Uh, this is a, this is a very, very difficult test for Roma. It's tough going there and getting a result. Um, and, uh, you know, and then when it goes back to the Olympico, this is going to be a fearless team. I actually think Prague is going to eliminate Roma. Um, wow, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm that high on their talent. I'm that high on how they play. Um, and I just, I think that this is going to be one of those that Roma is just going to trip up and, uh, and uh, Braga is going to have the quality to take advantage.
1: I think the winner, this is going to be a very tightly contested two legs. I think uh, it's going to come down to the managers, the tactics that, that are important in this game. Cause I think uh, we know Roma's got a fantastic midfield. They got a great striker and Edna but Braga's got some talent as well. And mm-hmm. they kind of almost cancel each other out in that respect. And what the two managers bring to this and how they set up their teams and how to try to exploit the weaknesses and, and play to their strengths. that's gonna really determine things. Uh, it's gonna be a big game for Pablo Fonseca. Um I think the the talent that he has in that midfield, I am really high on that midfield at Roma. Um, I think they should be able to prevail, but it's gonna be super difficult. I think um you're probably looking at you know possibly each team winning the game, maybe one on each winning their own home at their own uh, home uh, venues, um or it could be a score draw. I mean, uh, it's so difficult to call because these're two good teams, and um you got you got Braga going. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say if Fonseca comes up with the, with the tactical brilliance in this one and and Roma just just so eke it out I think it's gonna be that close of a of a, of a battle royale with, with these two yep
0: yep okay so I I've got milan advancing I've got braga knocking out Roma um and then you look at uh granada here against um uh, Napoli Granada have veterans uh Roberto soldado up front uh yeah. Jorge molina when these call Jorge Molina you talk about you know, 75-year-old Goran <laughs> Um, Jorge Molina is the Goran Pandev of La Liga. Um, you know, Darwin Machis is the Venezuelan international place for them. Great playmaker. You got experience in midfield with guys like Gon- Maxim Gonolons. Uh Kennedy's well-traveled um, and is now in Spain playing for Granada. Uh, so plenty of experience in this team uh, across the board, a veteran team. Um, that has been around the block and seen a few things, you know, albeit playing for other clubs. But Granada has put this together, got them into the Europa League this season, and right now in La Liga, they're in sixth. Yep. So this is for real. Yeah, this is this is not, uh, you know, regressed, uh, you know, interestingly enough. But <sighs> Napoli will have Osiman back by then. Um, and they, you know, and and then then they got through, and they they uh they got through this group. They they won a group uh, that included a Real Sociedad team, who is a direct rival. They're not going to be worried about um uh and and Michael exactly my point, and I said this at the beginning, and and this is what happens when you don't listen to us from the start. I said exactly what you're just commenting on in the chat. Come on, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, but um. It has to be, you know, they're going to be experienced. They're going to make things difficult to Napoli, but I think over overall, Napoli will have the talent to overcome this and go through.
1: Yeah, you're you're just talking about the experience that Granada can bring to this thing, and you know, I think in, if, in terms of experience, they probably cancel each other out, but Napoli's talent far superior, I think, to Granada's, and that's no, no let's get on the Granada. Granada's a fantastic team. But Napoli, I mean, what they can provide and with having awesome back and have that dynamicism back, uh, it's going to really go a long way. And you're going to see probably, you know, the midfielders really start to take control of this game. Zelensky, Fabian, you know, Bakayoko is going to be a huge pivotal in this as well. Um, Napoli's got so much talent. And the talent, you know, experience even evens out. What What's what's the big difference here? It's the talent that Napoli have. And you gotta you got to favor Napoli in this. It's going to be close because uh, the Spanish teams are always difficult in these tournaments. They are just battle-tested with La Liga because uh, it's so unpredictable over there. And so I, it's going to be tough, but you know, I, I'm confident that Napoli should win probably both legs, I think. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, so I've got Milan and Napoli going through and Roma going out. You've got all three going through to the round of 16.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Works for me. A uh, little drama in Bergamo. A
1: little bit. A little bit. Yeah, Papa Gomez uh, is apparently having issues with uh, – Mr. Gasparini there, not so much dancing on the sidelines these days. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it all stemmed back from, a f- you know, several games ago where uh, Papu was taken out, what, like before halftime or something like that, and uh, he had obviously took, uh, took homage to that, and uh, they've had a war of words ever since uh, publicly and also behind the scenes. Um, yeah, the last thing we saw on the whole subject is that Papu said, you know, the truth will come out when, when I leave. So it sounds like he's adamant that he wants to go. He's asking to be moved probably in January um obviously a lot of suitors are coming for him now despite his age uh he still could provide a lot he was the maestro in, in atalanta or is the maestro i yep. should say um obviously atalanta have a lot of, of talent they can you know they can put other people in his place or whatever they can figure it out but he's still a, a quality player that you want he was one of the best players last year i think he was one of the mvps of last year really uh so he's, he's gonna be a hot commodity and it's as interesting i mean it's not is it gonna hurt atalanta ultimately probably not but it always to have that that guy that can be you know the x factor in the game it's gonna hurt not to have him and now to have a potential free agent going on a free somewhere to possibly one of these teams are challenging for sudeto it it could be a game changer for them it could um
0: you know sometimes there's sometimes it's just frustrations you know i mean we see this all the time you know
1: and it's shocking because he's a he's a legendary player for them right like why would you let something so trivial come between you but we don't know what's going on obviously but like you said it's now
0: gasperini i think has he has an abundance of players to work with here too yeah and he has to manage a team and you know this sounds cliche but no players no no one man's bigger than the club um and he's got to give opportunities to guys like Ruslan Malinovsky. He's got to give opportunities to Moranchuk. He's got to give opportunities to Paslich. Um, You know, while Papu Gomez is the captain, he's going to be involved in some of the important games. And, you know, some of this is aggravation. He wasn't used in the game against Fiorentina, and so some of this can be amplified as a result. Um, some of this could actually be genuine, saying, hey, I'm, I'm not happy with my role. I'm not happy with what I'm being asked to do as – you know, he got yanked at halftime of the Midland game in the Champions League because he wasn't paying attention to what Gasparini wanted. Um, that's per Gasparini. So I some of this gets cured with, you know, getting a few games in and getting some appearances and all of a sudden scoring a couple of goals and Atalanta all of a sudden get back to, be, to doing Atalanta things, yeah. you know, and then it's all forgotten and he stays there until he retires. So I, I don't want to go nuts with, the idea that he could leave um, just yet, because I've gotten so used to him being an Atalanta player. We
1: all want him to stay there. We all yeah. want him to stay there. I mean, we're not we don't like Atalanta per se, but you know, it be it's what he's done there. It's almost warranted that he should retire there too. You know, he brought so much to that club. He, he brought them from basically from the abyss. Him and Gasparini really brought them up from the abyss. So indeed, it's it's fitting that he should stay there. But like you said, we'll see what happens. But uh, let's hope it blows over for their sake, for his sake. But we'll see.
0: And coach-player relationships. Yeah. always
1: there's peaks and valleys
0: yeah. every single one you know so you know eventually we'll, we'll see what happens with this you know i um chloe floated out the idea that he could be coming to mls and playing for fc cincinnati i don't know if you saw that tweet
1: i'd rather um, him go to DC united but that's just me you know <laughs> <laughs> no he shouldn't go to mls uh, i mean if he wants to have great numbers yeah sure but i yeah. think he's got plenty to offer in city still Sure, uh, Robert, sure. Bergamoso. So, where would you where where would he fit?
0: If he had to, if he stayed in city, A, Where's the you know what's the best club? Let's 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 take Milan out of the because we're Milan supporters. We'd love to see him there. Okay. You know, if they can't figure out this Chalhanolu thing,
1: well, um, let's go to the city rivals. Let's go to Inter. Inter playing a certain system that probably would be you know beneficial to Papa Gomez. Obviously, they can't figure out how to use Ericsson at the moment, so maybe you know putting a Papa Gomez in there could help as well. And Conte has a pension for these older players. So that could work. It could also backfire big time. Um, but that's, that's gotta be one of the top ones. You know, a lot of people are already talking about that, but um, I could see that as a, as a possible destination. What, what, what situations in other places do you see? <sighs> um,
0: I just, I, Inter. He would not be in a three man midfield. Uh, it wouldn't work. Um, he would have to be a support striker to Lukaku. Um, you know, a three-five-one-one, one, which is, I think people have been wanting to see with Ericsson behind Lukaku. Um, I think that um, Napoli, the system, doesn't lend itself for him to be effective there. Um, and, uh, you know, so after that, you're looking at the Roman clubs. <laughs> I mean, do you want fantasy? How about Sassuolo? Um, and put him in that team with Boga oh and goodness. Gerardi and Caputo.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh,
0: um, you know, what about that's...
1: This? so uh, George kind of brought up a question about Dybala. So, what if Dibala leaves? What if they bring in what if he goes there? I can't see it happening.
0: Okay. Um, I can't see it. Um, but he's asking about Dibala. Um, yeah, Roma would be interesting, a creative could really help them. Yeah,
1: um. The ball's got. I mean, uh, Roma's got such a uh, midfield, I think, right now, and it's going yeah. so well. I don't know. I think he would mess things up because I think Mkhitaryan and Pedro are really pulling the strings right now, and obviously, Pivare too is very, very uh, pivotal for them. But uh, as much as it would probably help them, I, I think that they got a good thing going right now at Roma. Maybe and even Lazio's got their own thing so with the, with their three midfielders there. Um, it's hard. I mean, the Sassuolo thing. I like that shout. I like yeah. that for sure. I don't know how you fit all those bodies at one time. Uh, but I'm sure Deserbi would love to have that problem, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, well, I doubt it's going to happen because they play too defensive. But what about Hellas? You know, they would love to have a playmaker like like a um, uh, oh, Papu Gomez. <laughs> Excuse me, I forgot his yep.
0: name for a second. Or Torino as the attacking midfielder behind Belotti. Um, yeah, but
1: John would mess that up if they get rid of John and find a, a competent manager, then maybe, yeah, I, was, I would love that. That would be great for Belotti because he's doing everything by himself, basically. Yep. Um, so that would that'd be great, but they need a John that's not cutting. It. I think he's gonna be not even pan- Panatoni here in the next 10 days.
0: Well, I mean, I think the other thing that you got to factor in with Papu Gomez is his age. You know, I mean, obviously, older players are doing really well in city. Yeah, Ronaldo's for 35, Ebras 39 these guys are doing really well. Um Jacko's yeah. in his 30s, you know. So but you we're, we're talking about a, you know, let's be you know, in practicalities, let's talk about, you know, whoever's getting him, gets him for 2 or 3 years, should he leave. Um you know, so we'll we'll have to see. Um but those are all interesting ones.
1: Yeah. Um Torino and Cecil are probably ones that jump out. You're like, "Okay, that'd be pretty cool." Uh but uh yeah, we'll see. I, yep. I I feel like Papo, if he's going to go anywhere, he would want to go somewhere bigger, a bigger club instead of a small provincial club. But that's just me. Uh, like I said, we hope that he stays there for the benefit of you know fans all around, especially the, the Bergamo. You know, they've done so much has happened in the last 12 months or whatever. Uh, yep. It would be nice to have news like that and have him stay there for the remainder of his career. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, those would I, those would be the ones otherwise I think he'd probably
0: go somewhere over somewhere else in Europe. Um i had some people were yeah. talking about PSG. I think it would be great in Spain. Um they were dancing at Atalanta and throwing punches. Stevie's always <laughs> Stevie's always uh bringing it. Uh, all right. Um my goodness. Moving on.
1: Moving on.
0: Um today we had uh Udinese and Cotrone, nobody. uh, They, I guess, they forgot to, (laughs) or somebody forgot to tell them that there was midweek uh, football this week.
1: Yeah, um, midweek calcio. Both had such good performances on the weekend too. So you're like, I guess they blew their load this weekend and uh, didn't bother to show up today. Udinese tried to play. They had 15
0: shots. You know, Depaul was good again, and Nestorovski was good again. Um,
1: The second game was better, though. I thought for sure.
0: Yep. Uh, the uh, the Darby Della Inzaghi, <laughs> that's um, right, that's right, 1 1. Um, it is uh, and a uh, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. It was a great volley from Immobile, and then probably an even better volley from Scattarella.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so. I know he said, man of the match for him. I mean, yeah, that was a great goal, great, great game by him overall, but yeah, that goal phew, thumped it in there. I'm like, oh my goodness, what a strike! But Immobile. I mean, he just knows how to score. Doesn't matter what kind of situation the ball is in, what angle he's in, he'll find it in the back of the net. So, uh, yeah, too. That was an entertaining game there. Uh, you know, it's it's always good to see Benevento in these kind of games. Um, you know, because we're always so used to them being at the bottom of the table, not playing so entertaining. But they found ways, uh, even though they're still losing or not getting the three points that they want, they're playing more attractive lately. Uh, maybe some of the guys are finally getting under Zagi's system. Uh, you hope for Nzagi. I mean, I'm always pulling for Nzagi. I, I hope to see him do well as a manager. He does well in City B. You know, we'd like to see him more in City A and, and be, be stable there. But, um, yeah, it's a, that was a good game. Two great goals there. Unfortunately, did not make our top five since they're technically in the next play week.
0: Yep, yep, yep. They're in uh, They're in match week 12. We, our, our goals of the week only count for those that were played in match week 11. I'm surprised Frank hasn't broken my balls for making three comments here and not mentioning Callio yet. <laughs>
1: We it's were going to boot was, you off the chat, but you know it's okay. No. It's not that I was oblivious. I, is it, who
0: are you, and what have you done with George? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: oh my! So, uh, had some interesting games uh, on Wednesday, uh, and, and people in this chat—you, me—none of us are going to get any work done tomorrow.
1: <laughs> no, two, two huge games for sure. Yeah, Juve, Atalanta, uh, and Inter, Napoli. I mean, whoo! My goodness, we know those fan bases aren't going to be eating or working, I should say.
0: Yeah, I'm going with I'm going with Juve winning narrowly against Atalanta. I'll go two one. Um, inter Napoli. Wow, what a game this is going to be. Um, I, I'm going to chicken out and say two two. It'll be a draw. Well, we don't know which Inter is going to show up, right? Um, right. We'll oh, say- we know it's going to be Pozzo Inter. I mean, had, they, had they, you know, they since the beginning of the season when they ran five past Benevento and even that was crazy because they gave up two. Yeah. Inter have not had a complete convincing performance over the course of 90 minutes. They've always had some, something happen, you know? (laughs) Um, yeah, it's going to be Patsy Inter. Um,
1: says Pazza Inter, please.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be Patsy Patsy Inter, I think. Um, but I think in a good way, because they're also going to be battling. I'm, I'm going to, 2 here. Um, I think that, uh, but it's going to be great, um, you know, for the midweek, but, um,
1: and you say Atalanta narrowly, or Juve, not to, or Juve narrowly over Atalanta?
0: Two one. I'm going to go Juve. two one over Atalanta. Two two draw for Inter and Napoli.
1: I'm going to say two two Juve Atalanta, and I'm going to go. Uh, let's go two one Napoli. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, and did you? Would you say two two on the uh... first
1: game? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to go two one Napoli. Yeah. All right great game everyone George says three one Napoli. There you go. Great games. I think he just pissed off that they lost last week to inter. <laughs> yeah. No, well, they had it. They did. They were they were winning. Sotio, so Teal, my
0: goal. Yeah, it was a very, very nice goal. We'll see if it ends up in our top five uh for the goal of the week. Speaking of which, we should probably now uh recap match week 11 Uh I'll take the do you want to take the first five or I'll take them or
1: I'll take the first five. Why not? Uh, right. So this, the game started with Sassuolo hosting Benevento. This game had potential for a lot of goals. Uh, scoring started in the seventh minute. There was a penalty. Uh, Berardi would step up, take that, make it 1-0. Um, then we saw a red card for uh, for for Sassuolo, a, a difficult tackle right on the ankle of, uh, I think it was Letizia. Uh, but after that, uh, Benevento really kind of took over the game. It was really only one-way street before that red card. And then once that red card happened, Benevento kind of took over. Uh, we saw a masterclass defensive performance from Concili as a result, but Sassuolo ended up winning that match at 1-0. Uh, moving to a relegation six-pointer, you had Crotone hosting Spezia. This game had plenty of goals. Uh, goal scoring started. Goal the week candidate uh, Junior messias in the seventh minute. Gets a goal, makes it one nothing. Crotone. Diego Faria says, anything you can do, I can do as well. He makes it 1-1 in the 18th minute. Um, Did another you goal. Goal?
0: Did you see that goal? Yeah. That was a brilliant goal. That was miserable by Crotone. I think it was it was yeah. bad playing out of the back. Terrible and it turnover. Just, Terrible. It was, turnover. That was an oopsie, and yeah. just right at Farias in the box. He's like, "Oh, thank you." Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. Um, Crotone would take the lead in the uh, in the start of the second half. Uh, Recha would night nice, beautiful goal by him, and even a better backflip celebration by him. Uh, they go up two one. Uh, then we had a goal of the week candidate. A beautiful team goal by Crotone, finished off by Eduardo in the fifty six, make it three to one at that point. Uh, then it, um, in, in stoppage time, Junior Mercias would get his brace uh, in the 96th minute 4-1 Crotone win at home. Uh, moving on, if, for those who watched the Manchester derby, I apologize for you because this is really the game that you wanted to watch. Torino hosting Udinese. Uh, first half was a little struggle to watch. Uh, we had a nice uh, a controversial tackle in the midfield by Zegelar on on Miete. Uh, play would continue. Eventually, Delefeo would find Pussetto, who make the back of the net one nothing in the 24th minute. Uh, many wonder if that was a foul on Miete. went back and forth, and I'll get your take here in a minute, Frank. Uh, but uh, the first half would end one nothing. Coming out of the second half, Rodriguez de Palo would make it 2 nothing in the 54th. Belotti would make it 2-1 uh, in the 66th. And just a minute later, a beautiful assist to Bonazzoli. Both those guys hooking up for goals and assists in a the, in the one-minute span. 2-2 two, two out of nowhere. We got a game, or so we thought. Uh, Nesterovski would make it 3-2 just three minutes after that goal. Um a, a fantastic few moments there in that game, Frank. Uh, it turned out to be a really entertaining game. Uh, but let's start with that play with Miete, uh, the tackle by Zegalar. Did you find that that was a foul, or were you good with the, with the non-call and the play on? No, I was good. Yeah. I was good. It was it was, it was like when I first saw it, I thought it was a foul. And when I saw the replay, I was like, eh, it's, it's pretty good. It's a 50-50 chance, you know. Um, so I was okay with that non-call as well. But uh, the game really opened up. I mean, obviously, you got to take Busetto with a great finish on that uh, to cap that off. But um, the play by both teams, really, in that second half, especially that you know, 20 minute span where their goals going in left and right, I mean, it really turned out to be a fun game to watch. Um, Udinese did find a way to hold on on the road. And you're thinking now maybe uh, Gianpaolo might not be eating Panatone for Christmas. We'll see here. He's got 10 days to go before that. Uh, moving on, uh, Lazio hosting Hellas. And this was going to be a big game for Lazio. We know what kind of defense Hellas plays. Uh, for those who don't know who Hellas are, they for, they are firmly aware of who they are now. Uh, goal scoring started uh, just uh, before halftime. Uh, Lazzari, and Oopsi an on an goal, uh, a play by I guess it was uh, I don't know if it was the kind. I forget who it was. Uh, ball was going wide. He deflects it into his own net past uh, Pepe Reina. One nothing at halftime. Coming out of the break, Caicedo with a brilliant turn and shoot uh, make it one one in the six in the 56. Ah, but Tamez, another oopsie. This time it wasn't uh, Lazari, but it was his partner on the other side. Radu who fell over. Uh, Tamez would come in, get a get a breakaway on on, uh, on Pepe Reina. Puts it past him. 2-1. Hellas with their defense win. Uh, shocking a lot of people, but not really Serie A faithful. Uh, and then rounding out my games, um, a game close and dear to uh, George here. Uh, goal storing would start in the 42nd minute. A beautiful goal, as we mentioned, by Sotil. Uh, Cali, they looking for the upset. Uh, they had the lead for a while, had the lead at halftime, and then it wasn't until the 77th minute. Uh, goal of the week candidate Nicola Borella with a fantastic volley in the 77th made it 1-1. Uh, seven minutes later, Di would make it 2-1, and then in stoppage time, Romelu Lukaku, uh, your Capacanieri pick, makes a goal 3-1 Inter win on the road. Where do you want to begin with this five-game slate, Frank? Um, if anybody out of these five games deserved a
0: goal, it was Gianluca Caprari. Yeah. I absolutely ran his fucking socks off the whole time. He was out there against Sosuolo and had nothing to show for it. Um, Frank, you don't support the beard. Always GQ with a close shave. Yeah. 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 I, I, I have tried to grow. I, I, I just don't have uh, a beard growing face.
1: Frank is clean shaven, short hair. I'm scruffy and long hair. You know, we're just yin and yang.
0: (laughs) We're just trying to keep it. We're trying to keep some balance here, Stevie.
1: right. That's right.
0: So, um, so anyway, uh, as I was saying, uh, I watched that Benevento game. Uh, that's well, <laughs> Benevento had 30 shots um, and, uh, you know, four saves there from Concilio, which were critical saves. Uh, the kid that I'm getting very impressed with every time I watch him is this Ricardo Improta uh, for Benevento. Um, he created chances. David, Good night, David. Milan Club Vili enjoying the show, but his first comment is saying about how he has to leave.
1: What is this? <laughs> I like George's comment better. Who the hell watches Premier League anyway? I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um
0: so where was I? Oh, uh in Prota <laughs> is is a is a youngster that's impressing me uh yeah. for this Benevento team. Um had a really good game. Uh created chances, did a lot of shooting, does a lot of that. Between him and between the, he and Caprari combined could have won this game for Benevento against Sassuolo. So, um Certainly, uh, certainly, uh, people have to look at that as two points dropped. Um, I look at, um, I mean, Inter, Inter dominated this game the whole way. I mean, I think it's one of those where you take a look at it and say, all right, we gave up the goal. Fine. I mean, I, Inter fans are getting used to this, though, where they just completely control the game. And then, um, and I think it was uh, our, our, our new friend, therefore, it's uh, Inter Haiti um, <laughs> uh-huh. on Twitter saying, same old same old we dominate the game and then they score on their first chance on goal (laughs) so
1: a lot a lot of credit has to go in that game in particular for inter not winning by a bigger margin was cranio cranio was fantastic in that game i thought cranio kept him kept it scoreless for the first half he made some key saves he was brilliant in that game and and some of the goalkeepers had really you know great performances but i think in that game in particular uh cranio did well i you know inter kept putting the pressure on barella was just fantastic um, and uh, yeah, that goal he had was just a wonderful volley off a great save, no less. Yep, yep. So, you
0: know, Inter just Inter controlled this game. Um, I mean, second half, they out in, in, in second half alone, they outshot Cali 12 to four. Um, so, uh, but a great finish from uh, Barella, uh, there on the volley. Lukaku had a, you know, after Cali pressed for an equalizer, uh, and couldn't get one, and then Lukaku just, you know, Dribble around Cro Crag- came out like 35 yards away from goal and Lukaku dribble around. Yeah. around.
1: breakaway, easy breakaway. You and I can score Maybe. Yeah,
0: essentially just walked it in. So oh well, I did it from if I if I had to start there from 35 yards and getting around Crano, <laughs> I know because somebody would have caught me. Somebody would I would have pulled a hammy, somebody would have caught me. Crano would have caught me. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> oh my um, god. It's just the way it is. So um, but no, I you know, enter. I think that inter are now rounding into what we wanted or what we thought we would see from them. Um, you know, I think that even in the Champions League performances, I think that I don't think that what they did in the group stage, I don't think that finishing last in the group uh, tells the whole story. I mean the game at home against. Real Madrid is unforgivable, but that was fueled by the Arturo Vidal red card. Uh, but when you look at the two games against Shakhtar Donetsk, all they just didn't score goals. They did everything else, yeah. um, you know. So the performances are there, um, but they're having their moments of craziness that are keeping them from getting things over the top. That's why we say Pazza Inter.
1: And they're still in second, and that's yeah. the crazy thing. Interistas are so like crazy about oh, all Conte out yeah, and this. Is, the whole world's on fire. I'm like you're three points behind Milan. Like, what more do you want? You've been inconsistent. If you were on top form and still second place, okay, you get a little bit more reason to gripe, but they've been so poor and yet they're still in second place. Like relax, calm down. The thing,
0: and that's just the thing. This inter team has not put together a dominant string of results that go with the performances yet. And they're in second and they're three points out.
1: Exactly. and you got to imagine
0: It's going to come. And and without Europe now, they're set up for this now. They're set up for this. You know, I still think Juve is the team that's going to come back and win this thing. Um uh did you guys forget to talk about Inter's next European game night at it. No, Michael. Again, ah, what Again, this is this is what happens when you show up late. I said at the very beginning, I said interfans will want to fast forward this part if you're listening to this on the podcast.
1: Can we add so, this to Who on of Twitter right here by Michael? Lisi? <laughs> is it too late for that?
0: So um <laughs> all right. Um, so the chat is uh y'all y'all have been drinking too.
1: I didn't forget a beer here in a second. Once you go to your cabin game, I'm gonna uh, go get me a beer. Uh
0: so um but no, I think they're getting ready to go on a run here. Um, where the results go with the performances. I think that they've got the performances. There's something that just kind of goes haywire every time they play. You know, they they you know, this case, Sotil scores a goal the other way. Um, you know, Vidal getting a red card, a lot things like that. Uh, but I I think the rest of the league should worry about this team because I think that they're going to be right in there and um they're getting ready to go on. I think they're going to go on a run of 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 results that are going to match how they've been playing.
1: Yeah. Then the question is: Is the spots inter come back after that?
0: Oh, <laughs> sure. It'll it'll
1: turn up here and there. Of course. Uh, let's 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 talk about. No, we we just talked about some of the goalkeeping performances by Craño. Um Let's look at over at, at Hellas. Uh, Sylvester continues to impress. Oh, he had a, he had a great game, I thought as well. Um Hellas really, you know, making it difficult for all opponents with their defensive brand that they play. And they, they're opportunistic. They're two miss two oopsies that we you know we were talking about before with Lazio and yeah. Hellas capitalized on them. Um they they're coached very well by Juric. You gotta love what Yurich is. I mean, he's gotta again being gotta be contender for you know manager of the year this year with what he's doing with Hellas. Um they're they're no joke, they're legit. Uh joint top for best defense in the league.
0: Yeah. through eleven match weeks. Yeah, uh, only Juventus can match them on goals against um, you have uh, and, and listen, it shouldn't surprise you. They've got Sylvester and goal who's playing really well. He's getting guys that are and in, in plugging them into a system. It was interesting seeing Tameze playing forward, but it worked. He scored. Um, yeah. yeah, he scored. Um, he went with four in the back this time uh, where he usually plays three. Uh, and then he has DiMarco and Farone as wingbacks, but they they were fullbacks in this one, and they had a double pivot of Lovato and Miguel Veloso. Yeah, and Marco um,
1: shot the one that led to Lazzari's goal because that was the one that was going wide, and Lazzari you know, knocked it into the net.
0: Yep, yep, definitely. So, uh, you know, so the, the, the so the other thing that you now have to contend with when you play Hellas Verona is tactical flexibility. You know, he can come out with a three, Juric can come out with a three-man defense. Or he can come out with a four-man defense. And be comfortable and be confident that he can get a result. So um that is that can be a pretty scary proposition in the week that you have to prepare for Verona and you have to now prepare for what they do when they play with three at the back, what they do what they play with, with a four man defense with two center backs. It's you know, you know, it's it's a you know, if it's like it's somewhat like you know American college football here where You let's say you play, you know, when Georgia Tech had Paul Johnson as their head coach. You you play you play these spread offenses, these up tempo offenses, and all of a sudden in this next week leading up to playing Georgia Tech, you have to prepare for the triple option, which maybe only four teams in the country play. I thought you were gonna say
1: playing the Alabama defense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Both both work. (laughs) Or the Alabama defense. Or yeah, if you're in the SEC and I gotta get ready for Alabama's defense. Although Alabama hasn't been very good defensively this
1: year. That is true. So um, but, yeah, you know. Hellas is doing a fantastic job, I think, and they're currently in seventh place in the table. And you gotta, you gotta take them seriously as possible contenders to make Europe, yeah, uh, because they have the defense to do it, and they're opportunistic. And obviously, being opportunistic isn't necessarily a, a necessitating to quality uh, uh, and points coming, you know, in favor of you, but because that sometimes runs out. But you know, the defense they play can keep them in the games. And the
0: tactical flexibility, I think, is going to be something that.
1: Yes. So, look out for them. They're going to be they're going to be in the mix as you know, we talk about Sassuolo, Hellas is going to be as well. And if they get there, my goodness, that might be manager of the year right there. Yep. All right,
0: moving on, uh, my batch uh, Atalanta, now that they are on through to the next round of the UEFA Champions League, uh, they got back to doing Atalanta things. They did them without Papu Gomez and they did them to Fiorentina. Uh, a 3-0 win where Ruben Gosens got on the score sheet just before half time. Um, of course, Richard gets up and leaves when I'm when it's my turn. Uh, Ruslan Malinovsky with a free kick that's a goal of the week candidate in the 55th minute, and then Toloy in the 63rd. Center back scoring on corner kicks at Atalanta. What else is new? Um, Atalanta outshot Fiorentina 21 to four. Fiorentina is just miserable, and it's beyond um, you know who can be their manager and 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 all of this other stuff. They are broken. Um, I mean they are desperately desperately broken. They can't score, they can't shoot. Um, this is getting utterly scary right now. They're sitting in 17th.
1: Is Charlie um, a manager again? I mean Prandelli
0: may not be eating panettone by Christmas. Yeah, is already not eating panettone, but I mean I did, but I think they're going to give Prandelli a little bit more time. Yeah. We'll see, but man, it is not good. It
1: has not improved. It has not improved, and I forget who tweeted this out, but it's like it's obviously a a, a square a square hole and a square peg or in a round hole. It's not working out whatsoever, and they've they've had glimpses of brilliance. You know, the Blaovic had a great opportunity to hit off the crossbar, but other than that, it's been pretty much the same old, same old, and struggling and underachieving, and it's not what we want to see out of Fiorentina. Uh, maybe for, maybe Juventus wants to see this, but uh, for the rest of us, we want to see a more uh, uh, fun team to watch. Uh, even a fun bad would be good, and they're not even that. They're just bad. Where was everybody? No. I mean,
0: Calihon and, and, and Ribery come in as substitutes. Kwame comes in. as How yeah. the hell is Christian Kwame not playing in this Fiorentina team? Yeah. He should be one of the first per. He with this with as bad as they've been running. Christian Kawami should be one of the first people yeah. that Prandelli writes on his in his lineup. I agree. Holy cow! Just you got you got because you got to try something. Vlajovic stinks. He can't score. Okay, and you've got you played Polirola, who is a fullback as a right winger. You ba- and you sat Calihan. What are you sitting guys for? You play once a week. You're not <laughs> all- like it's not what like you're that? in Europe where you've had to play every three days for the last three months.
1: I know. I it's uh, it's head scratching. I mean, at least he played Vlajovic, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what some of these moves that Prendelli's making. Maybe he's just trying to fit, find something to work. Uh, you know, when your team struggles and you can't find any goals, you start getting desperate and you start doing crazy things. And maybe that's what he's doing. Uh, well, I'm going to
0: give the take right now. Christian kwame start play start playing him. Or do something with him, yeah. okay? Because the kid's got talent. All right, I mean,
1: to 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 a point where he was thought of to be a Napoli player at one point. Yeah, you know, like what we said about Musabaro and, and Bologna. It's like play the freaking guy because good things happen when he's on the pitch. Yeah, give him a chance. He he's he's scored goals. Maybe he needs Christoph Piantic to, to score goals. I don't know, but he he looked brilliant. Looked like a, a, a few a former or future Napoli player because Napoli were in the hunt for him. Um, play him give them an the opportunity. You need a goal scorer in Vlaovic. Put with Vlahovic. Put those two up there. See what they can do. Of the teams that are outside the drop, they're the lowest scoring
0: team in the league. 11 goals. I mean, Genoa and Crotone are in the drop and they have 10. <laughs> okay. So, it's it's time to do something. This is not the Fiorentina. This is a Fiorentina that probably had players like Gabriel Batistuta playing for them. All right. Um, you know the, the the guys that were playing under Prandelli, his first go around back when he was at uh when he was at Fiorentina, the successful team's there
1: Yeah.
0: okay um this is the the Fiorentina fans deserve better. 100%. And what's Come what's Come so doing as an owner? I thought he was supposed to turn this around from the della Valley family. It's gotten worse. Maybe he's in it for the money. It's gotten worse. Speaking of worse, Bologna. What the hell? Oh my god! Did you see my tweet? It I was like, I, I would if I was on, on that on that pitch wearing a Bologna shirt, I would not even go in the dressing room at halftime. I would just I would just go to the parking lot, go to my car, and leave. I don't want any part of what Miha is going to say
1: to me at halftime. Oh my god, gonna rip, I'm sure he ripped him a new one. I mean, their leading goal scorer at halftime was Cresante, and he plays for the other team. <laughs> I mean. I mean yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, it's it was bad. I, I I can't imagine what the halftime talk would have been like. Uh, probably give, give himself an aneurysm, you know, yelling at people. Uh, yeah, uh, poor performance. Poor performance. I mean, yeah, you're playing Roma and they're they're great midfield, but it's still a, a terrible performance. A team like Bologna should be, you know, toe to toe with Roma, giving the hell of a fight, not letting the score score goals left and right, you know. Uh, embarrassing, embarrassing performance. 5-1 to Roma, all of it in the first half. Poli, own goal. Um,
0: I had to do a double-take. I'm like, uh, what? Are we still in the first half? Like The longest half ever
1: for Bologna. I mean, goal.
0: Dzeko in the 10th, Pellegrini in the 15th, uh, and then uh, Cristante felt so bad he thought he'd help Bologna. Did you see that? That was calamity. Oh, my God. One of the worst first touches I've ever seen in my life. Um, And it ended up bumbling into the goal. uh, but Cristante gives Bologna a lifeline and, and uh, to a very nice team goal. It's on, it's actually on my list for top five goals of the week, uh, in the yep. 35th and the Mikatarian in the 44th. Um, we didn't have, you know, we, we, you know, at the beginning of the season, when I was putting together my preseason list, I had Lazio finishing fifth or sixth and then Roma outside the top seven. I had we Roma trying to make room for Sassuolo, and all of a sudden I changed my mind because I'm not seeing anything from Lazio, but this Roma team can score at will. They are among the highest scoring teams in Serie A. In fact, they're the third highest, no, fourth, I'm sorry, um, on 24 goals. Problem is, is that their games are really damn entertaining. They conceded 16.
1: Fun bad. <laughs>
0: Anyone? Um, yeah. it's a two- I, I, I'll do it. Fun bad. Yeah.
1: The, the one thing or two things I've been saying consistently all season with this team has been their midfield has been awesome. They've been dominating games. They just play so well together and Spina has been playing well for them. Um, and those two things have helped. And it's good to have Jekyll back in form. Now he's scoring goals. We well, have one, he two, at least two goals in this game, I think. Um, so oh, one goal was sort of not credit to him. Maybe not really, but the second one was for sure him. Um yeah, they're just good, and having having a possession, I mean, the tic-tac-toe passing that they're doing, they're playing beautifully entertaining game uh, soccer at the moment. Uh, the tic-tac-toe passing, that team goal that you mentioned, the two score, as well, there's one, two passes all the way down the pitch, is completely shredding their uh, Bologna defense. Um, this team is, you know, figuring it out, figuring it out how to play, and they can f- you know, figure out the defensive end a little bit more. Look out. Uh, Cristante Christa- made- deputizing
0: as a center back. Uh, Scott Monroe what, and I have gotten into this a little bit because Scott thinks seems to think he's doing great. I I can't get I can't get behind it. What do you say? Uh, what
1: What other choices do they have? I mean, I think that with the hand that they're dealt at the moment, they have no choice but to play Cristante over because I think there's a bunch of injuries and 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 the like with Rome at the moment, so they kind of have to play him there. Um, I would rather have obviously to have not him not him there and have maybe like um, obviously you want to have Chris Smalling back there and. Not sure who else you would put in there, but uh is wouldn't be the answer for me. I think he's done okay. Um but like like Scott said, I saw one of his tweets and I agree. It was like, who are you gonna put it back there at the moment with, with their current situation? Once once they have everyone in full full credit, I don't want to see Crissante near that back line. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, uh, what else can you do? He can't he can't get me in the midfield at the moment because that
0: midfield is too good. Play a back four, but then I think you take away some of the ability of Spinazzola and Karsdorp who have been who have both been been in very good form. Yeah. So it's a square peg in a round hole, and I, I'm only going to go as, as far as serviceable in terms of what Cristante has done in this in this role. Yeah. Um, Napoli is the exact the Napoli game is the exact reason why he shouldn't be doing it. Um, but then th- they're able to hide it in other games because they're
1: scoring so much going forward. So maybe they need to find a, a backup defender just in case uh, in, in the in the window in the winter um, to get a chance at that. I mean, yeah. Th- th- I don't like that. I don't like it there, but you know, with you know the injuries, possibly the Fazio and then Small and stuff like that, maybe that's the only, only choice they have at the moment. Yep. Napoli
0: beat Sampdoria two one. Napoli had sixty seven percent of possession, outshot Sampdoria eighteen to seven, but Sampdoria took the lead through Yangto in the twentieth minute. Uh, Gattuso has been making substitutions, and they've worked. Like, Who knew? Um, Who knew? Lozano with an equalizer in the 53rd minute, and then pies for everybody. Patania in the 60th. Did you see this goal? Oh yeah. He stood yeah. like <laughs> he didn't even make a run or make an effort. It just came. That's how a fat guy scores, right? Yeah. Steve?
1: The <laughs> oh, way it would have been better if it was off his belly. <laughs> to to, to Patania's credit, he has lost some weight since he's gone to Napoli. But- I'm a fat
0: guy. I can I can honestly
1: tell you some of my best goals came from not making runs. <laughs> honestly. As long as you're in the right place at the right time, that's yeah. all that matters is being a poacher, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, he's 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 still a big guy. Uh, he has lost some weight since he's been uh, at Napoli. But, yeah, he's he's opportunistic. He knows where to be. He finds exactly uh, the right place to be. And, like I say, that great pass that came into him and, boom, just hit it off his head and right in. Uh, well done by Patania, just to move his neck.
0: Good. Steve agrees with me. I was worried I, offend. I, was worried I offended him. <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: Oh my! <laughs> yeah, but both uh, both the substitutions came on to score. Lozano obviously goal and assist the goal to to make it one-one, and then uh, the nice assist to Patania. Uh, he's good, either whether he starts or starts, starts or comes off the bench. You know, it's a nice, um, nice problem to have if you got two. So you know, have Politano or or Lozano, or you couldn't even put you know Maritans um, out there or something like that. Um, they got a lot of moving pieces, movable pieces there that they can mess around with. So um, Napoli, they're they're good, man. They're they're coached well, and you know. Gattuso's got to be given his due. He's he's doing an excellent job as Napoli manager.
0: (laughs) Steve's saying about about Roma, we can sell them to Dante. What do you mean, Steve? You don't want to sell (laughs) (laughs) Gabia?
1: Muzaki. I saw a picture of Milan in training, and I was like, who the hell is that guy in the background? It was Muzaki. I'm like, why the hell is he still in the picture? It's like, get the hell out of here.
0: You didn't notice him kicking somebody?
1: Yeah. Right, Exactly.
0: Can we, I heard Leo were having some financial troubles. Can we pick up Renato Sanchez off them to replace? How in the hell do they have financial problems? I know. We'll, we'll give it. We'll, we'll make that trade though. Cunich for Renato Nicola, Sanchez. Nicola, what are they doing? What, what are they doing with the money? They sold Nicolas uh, Pepe. Renato Sanchez. Leao. How are they having financial problems? Napoli would be so much better with Milik there instead. Uh, Maldini is working on signing a center back. Boys, I hope so. Although Kalulu, we'll talk yeah. about him in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um uh Genoa won, Juventus three, Darby Del Estorado, he scored. <laughs> uh, it he made it one-one. Uh Paulo Dybala scoring in the 57th minute. Uh, and then Penaldo in the 78th and 89th. Yeah, they were both penalties. Yep. Um, and then uh, finally, uh I, I'm not gonna talk about that game. Um you know I mean it, it, the, the penalties were stonewall penalties i'm not not yeah. complaining about that genoa genoa is not good enough to get hubaid okay yeah, they're not
1: they're not <laughs> yeah but I, I thought deballas goal was very nice uh, good for him to get a goal as well but yeah
0: yep uh, milan 2 parma 2 um this wasn't in the script or maybe it was uh parma getting goals through uh, hernani in the 13th minute and cortiche in the 56th minute Uh, Teo rescuing the Rosanetti with goals in the 58th on a corner from Chalinolu and then a rebound goal in stoppage time to rescue the point and keep Milan's unbeaten run going. Um, He pretty straightforward. We expected him to win. Milan, uh, surprised that they had these kind of struggles against Parma?
1: No, surprisingly. Uh, We saw what happened against Hellas Verona, and they they tend to – fall asleep at times early on in the games and then put themselves behind for unnecessarily, and then they had to wake up and come back into the games. Unfortunately, I didn't expect two goals. I expected a goal early. Um, so Parma made it more difficult than it had to be, obviously. With the way they've been struggling this season, Parma, um, you wouldn't expect them to put up a fight against Milan. But you know, being opportunistic, I thought you had two times where there's poor backtracking on the first goal with Hernani. Uh, where was Beneser? Where was Cassier? Uh, and the second goal... Cassier well, was-, was sitting on the six. He, man. they both were in the vicinity let's put it that way yeah but i i, I give I, I agree with you i think benacer is more to blame on that one and the second goal you had both um uh, calabria and i think benacer in that one as well uh so you know poor def- poor marking defensively by them i think and and they were opportunistic parma were but then milan came to play after that uh obviously again dealt a difficult hand with gabby going down the injury immediately um, as Michael said, Kalulu coming in, and you love the leadership by both Romagnoli and Cassiè to pull him, pull him aside real quick and say, "Hey, give him some motivation, get him get him ready for the game." Um, he did well, considering obviously the first goal kind of came through him. Um, Gervinho taking advantage of him, just being smart and, and outpacing the kid, outtricking the kid. But uh, overall, he played a decent game. I thought. Uh, I mean, he's not he's not necessarily a center back per se. I think he's more of a right back, but uh, he handles himself well. I thought.
0: I can't blame him for the first goal. I said that. I went and said yeah. that on Twitter. I said I can't. I said I think when you're dealing with somebody with Trevino, you do exactly what you do in that situation. You stand him up, and then you hope the support is behind you to deal with whatever ball he plays into that penalty area. It wasn't. And you talked about Benesir failing to track back. That's one possibility. But if you're if you've got guys that are sitting on the six and they're trying to give cover to Kalulu in that situation, which is what they were doing, you still have to have your eyes on where the runs are going. Yeah, and you've got to be ready to you, you've got to be ready to pounce, yeah. and you've got to, it's one of those where you've got to be ready to act. Um, and instead of acting, they reacted. You know, they just they got everybody got their eyes glued to Gervinho so much
1: that once that ball got played, they kind of looked from the six and said, "Oh shit, there's Hernani." And then, it occurred to, um, well, he had a free run from like midfield, and no one picked up that run. And I I want to say it was Benacer who should have marked him because Calabria was more on the on the on the one side when they shifted. Maybe he should have seen that run coming, but it's, you know, between those two guys. And I think, you know, leaving a runner like that is always going to be problematic because sure. that always finds that guy. Yeah, for sure. So. Yep.
0: Um, it was, it was one of those where you've got to be able to read what's going on. You've got to be re- be able to read where he's going. I would even argue you don't, there were two players sitting on the six there, not marking anybody. I don't think you needed both guys there. One would have been fine. Um, but it's, it's what it is. It's, it's something that they'll, they'll, they'll continue to fix. But defending when the ball is in wide areas, defending in crossing situations, still something that you can get
1: after Milan with, um, you know, in my opinion. Uh, The post, uh, you know, they could have called this uh, game Il Postino, uh, four posts by Milan in this one. Um, (laughs) Obviously, it was a lot of traffic by Milan, especially after they went down to nothing. I mean, they just kept putting pressure and pressure. uh, But... uh, yeah. you are killing it with the quality takes tonight, my friend. <laughs> it's the it's the water, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I thought Teo was playing with fire in this game. He started off obviously with a yellow card early. He was very feisty and he kept it. Kevin is cool though because he could have easily gotten a red in this game. Kept his cool, got two goals, two big goals for the team. Um, big performance by him. Obviously the great header, uh, and then as well the uh, the the great goal at the end. So,
0: yep. Yep, I thought it was a good performance. Challanolo was amazing. The post did him you know, did him wrong. The the woodwork.
1: Are those regulation size posts?
0: Yeah, I well, it was our home game. It's our problem that's true. Yeah, it's true. So, <laughs> it's not like we can go blame Parma. Yeah, that's um, so uh Oh man. So, looking at the table, it's tightening up. Yeah, uh, which we thought it would be. We have an open campionato, which is um which is just uh, which is just awesome to see right now. I mean, uh, first through six separated by six points.
1: Um, <laughs> Milan, we're filming for the crossbar challenge four posts. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: that's a good point, Miguel. Gave Milan a money. But you know what? Let me ask you guys this in chat. Let me ask you this. because um, I had listened to the pundits talk about this while the you know, while the game was going on. Kalulu got thrown into the situation versus training to be the starter. Do you think for a young player like that, that's a better situation for him because he doesn't, he's not preparing for a match and overthinking it. And then the night before, he's not sleeping. And then, hey, oh, now I've got to play. Or would you rather see, you know, because I thought he got in and did well. Would he have been as good if he was this, if he was playing from the start, knowing a couple days in advance that he was going to start this game?
1: I think it could go. It's one of two ways. We don't know what kind of match preparer Kalulu is, right? So I would think, based off experience, that um, not knowing and find out last minute, you'd do better because as a young player, you would the, the tendency is to think too much, right? And so yeah. not, not have to think about it, just get thrust in there and start playing. Obviously, you have Romagnoli and Kessie at their you know at your side to help you was probably the better thing for him now maybe he's one of those meticulous players where he needs that kind of preparation and he does better who knows but uh, you would generally think that a younger player would benefit more in a situation like that where he gets called upon last minute where he doesn't have to think about it where he can rest at night uh and it's probably a better transition than if he had you know had to think about it not sleep at all uh, because he's worried about his you know first start as a center back or whatever so sure sure Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm good with that. He started
0: for Celtic and did just fine, though. Yeah, he did there. He did well there. He started in uh, against Sparta Prague, did great there, too. Yeah, Sparta was the game. Yep. And he did great. I mean, playing against Sparta, and again, but but all the, the Oxenfree, to play devil's advocate to what you're saying, you know, being a starter against Sparta in a game that's really a throwaway game where there's nothing on the line uh versus having to start against a Serie A team where you're trying to extend the lead at the top of the Serie A table yep. are two completely different environments yep um so that's just you know I don't you know, I don't want to discredit what you're saying there um you know cuz he did he did do a great job and at some point you got to he's got to start games at some level and somewhere so um but it's it's it, in, environmentally uh it's it's different um and that sense. okay you want about you want to talk about Helga? i want to talk about Helga. sure um sure. why not to let this kid holy shit i i and i said this in, on on twitter um after he scored basically got the hockey assist against sampdoria he was disappointing against parma sure i mean he's not going to be perfect every time out you okay um in the best young players. And I thought that, yeah, he was, he was a little disappointing this time out, but, um, I said on Twitter after the hockey assist against Sampdoria, I said, we're on the
1: precipice of something really special with this kid. Absolutely. No, he, absolutely. I mean, you, you can, you know, something special, this kid, when you got his, uh, countryman, Erling Halon singing his praises as well. Uh, he had some good things to say about him and Milan, uh, when they were asked about how and how he's doing uh yeah he's been doing some fantastic things he has been all season long obviously with his 20 some goals already this year um playing a you know left wing right ring whatever uh he's got he loves he takes guys on one-on-one you love to see that uh he's got the vision uh he, he's got the goal scoring uh, capability he's he's got the tools he just needs a little bit more of experience and, and yep. uh, serial time because i think he, once you adapt to the league the sky's the limit for this kid we started to see with or whatever uh stevie says uh you know he's gotten so much better as he's learned city and i think the same thing with Hauga. once he starts getting you know city under his legs look out he's gonna explode um uh, but he is he looks like he is a gem and my goodness it's a what a what a steal it is by getting this guy
0: yeah it's i like,
1: for pesos <laughs> frank's in the house what's up frank
0: Wholeheartedly agree um Hauga is going to be a Rayola player soon. Uh oh.
1: Oh yeah. I hope, oh yeah, if he's friends with Halan, uh, maybe.
0: Let's do it. Let's not do that. Yeah, no. Oh my. So um bottom of the table, uh starting to take shape as well. Torino Gen- Genoa Crotone, all on six points. Fiorentina just above them on nine. I've already had my rant about Fiorentina. Um uh his speed, olly olly for, his speed changes remind me of how Kaka used to do it. And let's not, it's he's not there yet, but he's got
1: the, it reminds you of him with those. Changes. I've seen flashes. Yes.
0: But yeah. I'm not anointing him as the, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. so the guy that went on to win the Ballon d'Or. So, by the way, did you see that all time Ballon d'Or yes. team?
1: Yeah. Uh, I know there was a guy in Montreal who may, his friend may or may not be on this podcast tonight uh, saying uh, Maldini right back. Uh, he didn't get voted for right back get voted for left back uh for this uh <laughs> Stevie uh just pass that
0: one on to your boy Vinny uh some <laughs> things are just spe- people for don't forget yep in in from the movie uh super bad people don't that's forget <laughs> <laughs> so um I, I don't know how you would make that list without Zidane on it so yeah yeah that's, as, as one player in particular Cruyff another one
1: um but Ronaldo, I Ronaldo was good, like the original Ronaldo was good. But in, in Champions League, he didn't have as much time as some of these other guys, I think. Um, you know, obviously CR7 has had a million goals and he should be in it as well and messy. But yeah, you know, you can look at Cruyff and some other some other elite strikers that did a little bit more, I think. And Vinny mean, is sleeping. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I it's one take for the for the Ballon d'Or, you know, dream team, uh, but uh, there's many variations and I'm sure many people in this chat probably have more uh, Milan centric uh Ballon d'Or teams and stuff I guess so. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, goals of the week.
0: Um, for me in at number 5 uh, Junior Messias's goal, uh, his first one there for Crotone. Uh, checks in at number 5 for me. Uh Nicolò Barella in at number 4 with the volley there for Inter. Uh, Vertu, uh, the Roma team goal there checks in at number three. Uh, DePaul's clever finish for Udinese and the win over Torino comes in at number two. And my number one, my goal of the week, the free kick by Ruslan Malinovsky of Atalanta.
1: Okay, I think we're gonna have a fairly not similar top ten or top five. Uh, so first different, my, uh, difference the word you're looking for. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Poly, polyglot. And you the can't, water, I, I, my English is getting worse and worse, anyway. <laughs> um, my honorable mentions, um, you know. Jerry Mancini is still not going to say it, but Kaisaelo, the best striker at, at Lazio, he's in my honorable mentions. Uh, Teo with his game winner uh, or game tying goal, I should say, uh, is in my honorable mentions. Lozano and Junior Messias so with his first goal. I thought it was a brilliant goal there, uh, but not quite to make my top five because number, coming at number five, uh, Jakub Yankto's goal, the assist from Vede, uh, just to play overall. Really well done, really well okay. struck. Um, number four, Roma's team goal. Uh, I really like that play, which is really tic tac toe. I gave the slight edge to Crotone's team goal just because it's a lesser team. You can't expect that at Roma. You don't expect this from Crotone. Uh, Crotone was a nice tic-tac-toe play that Eduardo finished off. That's number three for me. Uh, Nicolo Barrera comes in number two with his volley. A wonderful, wonderful strike there off the rebound from Cragno's save. But number one, yeah. I'm going to give it to the goalies. I'm going to give it to Cragno, Silvestri, and Concilia. So both, all three of them had excellent games or mm-hmm. games. Yeah, lost, granted, but he made some fantastic saves to make it much closer than it should have been. Uh Concilia was brilliant once uh you know once his team went down a guy. And um Silvestri just continues to do great stuff for Verona. Um and they got the win there against Lazio. So yeah, three goals is my top five. All world. right. All
0: right. Um let's uh move on to everyone's favorite hashtag game. Uh just rising in popularity, rising in ratings. I, I'm now being stopped on the street saying, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, what do you think about the upcoming Who Won Calcho <laughs> Twitter? And I have to tell him I said, Look, there can still it's be nominees. Ball. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you. I can't tell you this the current crop's gonna win. There might be more before the week, you know, because it's a it's an it's an evolving thing and 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 it's always fluid. You never know when somebody's gonna pop up with something at the last minute.
1: I hear the Syria card in, in Milwaukee is just fantastic. It's uh, it really puts you in your place. I mean, wow, it's, it's a midget. It's a midget <laughs> compared to Bundesliga and EPL. But I think I say compared to Giannis, but you know, well, you know, yeah,
0: right here, guys. <laughs> all, right. all right, well, I'll start. This he's, he's, he's wearing. He gets this. He he's going to wear this uniform for another five years at least. There you go. All right.
1: Good. Good for all you. The, all
0: those studs want to. All those studs want to play with Giannis. They can come to Milwaukee.
1: There you go. There you go. Uh-huh. I'll start off the uh, who on Calcio Twitter uh, first from our friend Rafa from Far from Vesuvius podcast. First, uh, after uh, Juve's win over Barcelona, Gigi, Gigi Buffon you know, tweeted out, "Being first is not a secondary issue." So Rafa reported back with the standings, uh, putting forth an effort. <laughs>
0: well done, <laughs> sir. clever one, clever one, Rafa. Well played. Well yes. played. All right, Goal Italia. Uh, coming in uh, with a nomination, Messi, Eden, Corona Ronaldo, uh, the king of penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Goal Italia, nicely done. <laughs> is, is, are, are penalties now like are those the the fadeaways of uh, Harden to the box? No, I don't want Harden. Harden, Harden would hate the strip clubs in Milwaukee. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: Oh <laughs> my goodness.
0: Shows deteriorated. Kind of
1: got a reputation for uh, hanging out at those places, is what right. I understand. All right. Next on the board is uh Saturn. Uh, he came and goes, if I was inter next season, I'd ask them to ban them from Europe. Uh these guys spent over 300 million since last summer to drop to drop to European uh Europa League last year and now sit rock bottom to Wi Fi password teams. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know about uh I don't know about uh uh Shakhtar is a Wi-Fi password, but you know maybe AC Milan supporters will start doing that. Um, oh, why? Oh, Shakhtar. Oh. Shakhtar 32. Shakhtar 32. That could be a good password for the 32 uh, <laughs> chances that Inter had over two games, where they only wow. needed to score once to be in the next round of the Champions League. So, My goodness. All right, at Rahim 7ii.
1: <laughs> I'm uh,
0: gonna put a cartoon going <laughs> sound to this, please, as it hits them, please. Please, I'm begging you. If you can hear the sound,
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you have to hear the you have to hear with the sound on to appreciate it. It's uh wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderfully <almost> done. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. I, I lost where we track where we're at now. That's how good it was. Uh, all right. Sabrina. Next, uh, Sabrina. Yeah, she says uh inter Biscotto themselves. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my. We're just uh okay. Um
1: where are we? Let's see. Uh is this one I think
0: it's this one, right? How yeah. UEFA uh at T dot yeah. underscore tifoso how UEFA picked today's ref. <laughs>
1: Uh, out of a can- what is what is that? That's a Canadian thing, I think. Mario Kart it's, it's uh one of those surprises you get out of a package here. Oh, kind of okay. jack style type thing, but this is out of a candy air thing, you know, bottom of a crackerjack pot, uh, yeah, right. or something like that. Okay, uh, Shakhtar, we were just talking about them. Shakhtar English, their website came out with a uh. <laughs> <laughs> It's cruel. I mean, to be fair, to to enter the Milanista even came out and said, "Hey, you can't be talking that about our – We can do that. You can't do that." Uh, but it was, I thought that was pretty funny by Shakhtar Donetsk coming out and tweeting that. <laughs> That's poor, poor Romelu man. He doesn't deserve that. Best record in the league. Come on. And at ESPN UK is getting in on the fun with
0: this. Uh, uh, <laughs> me is Alexis Sanchez. My plans, Lukaku, uh, or my plans is the ball, the ball. and then twenty twenty is Lukaku. <laughs>
1: Oh my, my oh god. Mercy. Uh coming in next is uh Joseph Fischetti. We just had him on the podcast not too long ago. Who needs Manchester Derby when you've got Torino Udinese? <laughs> Absolutely. Hey Absolutely. that was a Absolutely.
0: great. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh let's see. Michael Lisi nominated uh at Joe Baccialieri. Uh thomasrincon.com.
1: So yeah, Mike Mike tweeted out Are there any football sites out there that track fouls by a player or team in a game over a season? And and he tweets out ThomasRincone.com.
0: <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Well played.
1: Uh here we go. Uncle Sharma. He says, Interisi. This is what the Interizzi say. Ditch the three four one two, wig man. We can see too many goals. Also Interisti. Bye Papu Gomez. He's perfect for the three four one two system.
0: <laughs> nice. Inter. <laughs> Did you nominate yourself
1: or you I just put the hat? Myself. I nominated myself for this. You nominate yourself.
0: Just so we can get Vinny on the podcast. All right. Uh, you know, this is France Football saying Paolo Maldini is elected by our 140 journalist's jury as best left back of all time. Richard saying, meanwhile, somewhere in Montreal, Vinny from at Milan Weekly Pod is voting for him at right back.
1: <laughs> Again. <laughs> that is
0: a... That is just something. Uh, uh, kinder Surprise is illegal in the U.S., but you can buy a machine gun at Walmart.
1: <laughs> there you go. America. Uh, that's right. Uh, Rafa rispo he, he tweets out, uh, in Europa, Napoli has to find Waldo? Granada's jerseys, Waldo, anyone? Yeah, I like it. Mm. <laughs> I thought the W on there was uh, Wars Waldo for a second. That would have been funnier. Yep.
0: Yeah. Looks like we've got... Um, a couple, of, we got three more. Okay, so uh, at Roma, 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 17, Deviant, Jellarossi. Oh, my God. Inters away jersey appeared on my grilled cheese tonight. <laughs> it's
1: a miracle. <laughs> uh, let's see what we got here. Uh Barefoot one. There we go. <laughs> Frank, for this one, I guess you nominated it. Uh, just you, so... The tweet came from Wayne Gerrard. I believe he runs uh, AS Roma EN, and he says, uh, "Which footballer made you change your haircut? Uh, was it you know Danny Osvaldo?" So, Jess Juve says, "This uh, <laughs> the balls look <luck. laughs> Atilio Lombardo.
0: He could play, man. He was a player back in the nineties. Uh, that's good. Sampdoria <laughs> and uh, Juventus uh, actually scored a pretty important goal." When, the year they beat they beat Ajax in the semifinals on the route to the Champions League final, I believe it was the year they lost to Dortmund. So
1: okay, probably. right
0: on. Uh, and finally, our friend George at Jersey SoCal Calories starts celebrating winning against International Milan. Then they forget games are ninety minutes, not forty-five, <laughs> and it's
1: the yeah. GIF of Jim Carrey pulling their hair out. Yeah, up one nothing. Great first half, and then oh, sorry, yeah, second half to play. And didn't, yeah, <laughs> um,
0: I my winner is the cartoon doink. I I can't I, get past that. I laughed
1: so hard at that. That's I, unbelievable. We I, I lost track of where we were with that. It's just you have to listen with the volume on. We're gonna retweet it. Uh, let me find it again. But it was just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> congratulations,
0: oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Raheem. 7ii, you the winner of.
1: Oh, do you guys in the chat agree with that? To so the cartoon, doink? I think that was uh, that was the funniest, yeah. Play. Yeah, there's no problem with that. Listen to it with the sound on, do yourself a favor.
0: Yeah, and I can't believe I missed that. I just honestly, this is the first time I've been watching. That's the first time I watched that. That was great, yeah. So. Yeah. So, all right, that's our winner of Who Won Calcio Twitter, but keep the tweets coming. Uh, keep being funny, and if we catch it, it will be nominated for the next edition of Who Won Calcio Twitter. Our congratulations to at Raheem7II. Uh, well done. Uh, George's winner is the Inter Toast. I, I like that too. Yep. Um, yep. So uh, my panini maker makes uh, the Atalanta stripes, the you know the thin ones that they got right now. So or <laughs> Milan's jersey from last year. So. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, but, uh, but that's what I get. So, Not complaining. As long as it tastes good, right? That's right. That's so. all right. And I think with that, we'll put a bow on this edition of Serious Sit Down. Shameless plug time, Richard.
1: Yeah. Uh, as always, uh, follow us on our YouTube page. If you haven't done so yet, uh, keep track of some of the videos we put out. In podcasts and videos we'll try to put more and more out as, uh, as we can. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you can follow me at, at R underscore Pretty much anywhere on social media wonderful uh you can
0: oh i still gotta get used to this there There you go go. (laughs) at fcc underscore 21 on twitter uh thank you uh signing the supermax much appreciated uh keeping all of the uh, stars in wisconsin that's awesome but uh uh i will be on I think I got to check with Alex, but I think I'm going to do a spot this Friday, um, the two o'clock Hi. East. We talked last week. He said he had some other stuff going on. He said he could do it this week. So um, at Onside Radio, uh, check in with Alex, uh, man of the match, a lot of stuff, uh, all things sports, South Florida. But on Fridays at two o'clock Eastern, um, I uh, turn up and uh, give takes on City with Alex. Uh, we have a good conversation for about 15 minutes. So uh, give us Hello. a boy.
1: I almost forgot last week i was on low limit football so make sure you follow those guys uh you know they do all kind of all all kind of soccer related uh, commentary not just city a. Uh, so i was on there giving my predictions for city a and, and bundesliga and stuff like that so low limit football give them a follow great guys yes
0: yes absolutely they're 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 awesome people so um alex better start paying
1: <laughs> uh, adriano late to the show you're going to be so lucky again?
0: yep that's all right uh, that's a that's all right adriano no worries Love you anyway. Oh, my friend. Um uh, I'm at FTC underscore 21. Uh, and again, um on at onside radio on Man of the Match Friday, two o'clock Eastern. Uh, tune in. Uh Alex and I will chat. Um City sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there are podcasts. You can find City sit down uh at city i sit down on twitter instagram uh any questions comments nominations for who won calcio twitter send them uh to those addresses so that we can review them it is a very strict vetting process that we have you have to be funny you can't be offensive we've had some pretty offensive ones and we have said absolutely not this is not going on the board um so uh, just as just as kind of a disclaimer, we like to have this is something we want to have fun with. This is some lightheartedness that we want to have with the game, sometimes at another fan base's expense, but not to the point where we're offending. them. Um, I should make sure I make that disclaimer as we continue to do this, as this as this thing Good. gets steam. Um, uh, all, we're also on Facebook. Uh, so uh, give us a follow there here uh drop a like if you enjoyed this video uh subscribe to the channel so you can get notifications for when we go live or when we have short videos or anything in between uh do uh check us out in the future we have been making the youtube channel a thing uh here over the past year or so so um chat much obliged grazie uh great stuff guys you all brought it uh those of you listening uh it's it's better when we're live just check us look for us on you looking for us on twitter uh we announce in advance when we're going live so uh hopefully uh you can join us and get into the chat so Absolutely. and uh we're gonna bang out one more of these right before christmas richard i think aren't
1: we i think so yep
0: okay perfect all right so we will uh, catch you all then we'll catch you live on our youtube channel but until then for richard i'm frank and as always Be sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.